Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at East Coweta High School in Sharpsburg. We invite you to join us for our energetic and passionate worship services. Check us out at realchurchcoweta.com or search for us on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So, I, uh, I went to the gym the other day. <laughs> What's so funny about me going to the gym? <sighs> I was picking up Wendy. <laughs> um, hey, listen, I-, I went to the gym the other day, and uh, I, um, it's so funny. When I-, I went to the gym, and I don't know if you guys ever noticed this, but there are sections in the gym, all right? There's various sections in the gym when you go to the gym, <clears throat> okay? Here's kind of how it goes. When you walk into the gym, there's always a section where there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of bikes, all right, stationary bikes. Now, those stationary bikes are for the old people, all right? Are you with me if you've ever been to the gym? They're for the old people. Usually, there's three or four old men and an old woman, and they're usually going, all right? So... And it's because their legs may not work as good as they used to, but they can sit down and exercise, all right? So uh, usually there's a, there's a row of bikes for the old people. And traditionally, there's, some, there's some, uh, a row also of treadmills, all right? Treadmills, and, and then there's this thing that Satan created called the elliptical machine, all right? Are you guys with me? There's an elliptical machine, and the elliptical machine are usually behind the treadmills, and that's because the people on the elliptical machine laugh at the people on the treadmills, and they don't want them to see them, because the people on the treadmills are too big of sissies to actually do the elliptical machine. All right, the elliptical machine actually kills people's knees. That's what it's for. It's not there for exercise. It's not there to get in shape. It's there to kill your knees, so you have to go to the doctor and get knee surgery. That's what it's for. That's the only reason it's there, all right? And so traditionally... There's usually a couple, of, a couple of ladies on the elliptical machine, and then there's that one guy, all right? And he's going like this. He's going, and he's got sweat flying everywhere, everywhere. Now, this is Wendy's dad. Wendy's dad does the elliptical, and I went and worked out with Wendy's dad one time, and they had, for some reason, they, they didn't get the memo about how to set up a gym, and they had the elliptical right beside the treadmill. And so Wendy's dad gets on the elliptical, and he's doing the elliptical, and sweat is flying all over me. And I'm on the treadmill beside. All right? Now, that's pretty gross, you know. Uh, and well, what am I going to do? Am I going to move one treadmill over? It's her dad. You know? Like in-law situation going on in the middle of the gym. And so I did what anybody would do. I stopped the treadmill. and was like, man, I'm beat. I'm done. I'm, just, I'm wore out, man. He's like, you want me to do it 10 minutes? I was like, yeah, I'm kind of beat. And I went around the corner, and there was another treadmill around there, and I got on it. But that's how the, the ellipticals are. Then you got the treadmills, and the treadmills usually are people. There's all kinds of people on the treadmill, all right? There's, there's usually, there's usually uh, some ladies on the treadmill that look as if they probably eat 100 calories a day. All right, and they've got very skin. They're very skinny. They got really tight pants on. Usually, they have a ponytail. All right, and it's bouncing everywhere. All right. Traditionally, they do have on makeup. All right. Why you put on makeup to go to the gym? I'll never know. All right. But that's traditionally what happens. So you have that lady, and she's on the treadmill, and she's getting it. I think the treadmill is set on like twenty-five point oh. 
All right, all right. I, I do about 4.0, maybe 25.0. She's flying. Okay, it makes you want to unplug the treadmill and watch her go flying through the gym. All right, because she would. She would flip right over the top and go through the gym. You got that person. And then you've got another person. There's another person. He, he, he is the, he is the uh, uh, guy who's in his mid-40s who's trying to get in shape. All right? And he's running on the treadmill, but he's having problems. So he starts running, and then he gets winded, and then he backs it back down. All right? And then he starts running, gets winded, backs it back down. And he's doing the go, stop. Go, stop. And finally, he's like, forget this. And usually what he does is he says, well, if I can't run, I guess I'll just put the treadmill on 15 incline. And so that's what he does. He puts it on 15 incline. And then he hangs on for dear life. Are you with me? And he's going like this. He's walking, going this way, hanging on for dear life, sweat going everywhere. And that's usually me. Okay? That's usually what I'm doing. And then you have, then you have um, some, some there's, there's one guy that I don't like at all, okay? And he's out of his section. And we all know he's out of his section. When you go in, you know he's like, hey, wait a minute, bro, you don't belong here. Your section's in the back. He's this guy that walks up, and his earlobes have muscles, all right? Everything about him has muscles. He, like, sticks out his tongue, and it's ripped. Okay, he's got a six-pack on his tongue. He's like... He's ripped. He's got muscles everywhere. His head, he's like flexes his head and they pop up and down. He's got muscles everywhere. And he usually gets on the treadmill and he'll put it on like 30. And he'll get on here, go, and he'll jump back off. And jump back off, okay? And then he goes back to his hole in the back. All right? Now, if you've gotten with me so far, you know there's also these sections in the middle and therefore the poor schmucks that don't want to go to the back of the gym where the meathead guy came from, all right? You don't want to go back in the back, and so there's these, there's these machines, and you can lift weights on the machines, but y- you can't see how much weight you're lifting because they've got these little dials. So you can kind of put them in like, say, man, I'm really swole. You're lifting like 15 pounds. You're going, oh, man. And it looks like you're kind of getting it, but you're kind of not. You know what I'm saying? And you don't really feel comfortable going back in the back. And then there's this one section that I'll never, I've never experienced it. I've never come close to it because I'm really scared of it. It's, it's over usually in this area. And there's usually a wall set up, and it's like this room. And ever so often, about once every hour, these crazy ladies with these mats will walk into this room. And they will start jumping around, and they will do things that they wouldn't even do in their own living room in this room and there's usually a glass room and there's one lady in the front and she's always whacked out and she's yelling and screaming and she looks like this is her eighth class today and she's bouncing around and everybody's doing stuff and a lot of people there's a lot of people in the back and they're kind of three steps behind if you know what I mean and and so these ladies just go crazy in there and then there's always that one guy in the back and you're trying to figure out if he's really into the class or if he's really into all the girls in front of him you're not real sure which one it is. So that's that class. I'm way away from that. And then you get to the back, the hole. It's really kind of crazy because every gym I've ever been to, the, the floor is different when you get ready to go back into that section. It's almost like they want to make sure that you know that it is, it is off. It is sectioned off. And this is where all the muscle-bound guys are. They all walk around like this. You know, most of them got tattoos of some kind of um, fence post or whatever that thing is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what that, if you got one, 
if you barbed wire, if you've got one, good for you. You're awesome or something. But but they've got like these barbed wires and they're usually some tattoos up here. Traditionally, they've shaved their head, which mean I could possibly fit in, but not really. And so traditionally, got shaved head, you know, and they're walking around. And it look like they like eat raw steak and crap and you know what I mean and so they're back there they're back there and there's always one girl back there who looks like she could probably whoop me all right she's back there man she's getting it so these guys are get together and they're like come on man come on you know and they got these pound big weights like they're huge they're like 12 of them on each side and they're just pumping it man just, and they get up and like yeah man what's up what's up with that what's up with that bro and they don't fit in with anybody else in the whole gym. And a lot of times they have these little powder things, you know, get their powder all down. They got these gloves, they're like, they'll get down there and start pumping it, man. And it's amazing. It's crazy. I don't know why they do this. But for some reason, only in that section, only in that section, they have mirrors on the wall. I'm telling you, man, I have been to every gym known to man, from YMCA to Atlanta Fitness to Mom's Mom and Pop's Workout Place and Tannin Salon. I'm telling you, I've been to every one of them, and every one of them had the same thing. Back there, where the weights are, where the free weights are, where the real men go, there's mirrors all over the place. And this is usually what happens. They're working out with weights. They'll get up and they'll go... They start looking at themselves in the mirror and they're like, they start flexing. Like, What's up, man? What's up, man? For real, though. For real. Oh, forgot leg day. You all right? Leg day. They're like, they're getting all swole up. And then there's always that one guy who walks over and he grabs like, you know, 4,000 pounds and starts going. And he's just looking at himself, man. He's all up into himself. He's awesome. He's a stud. And they walk over and they get some water. And they always, it's really crazy because when I drink water, I like get a bottle and go. They always get water and they always go. You know what I'm saying? They always do that too. Why do they do that for? Is the water going down differently if you shake your head like a dog? That's what they do though. I'm, I'm not kidding you. Hope I'm not talking about you. But that's what they do. It's exactly what they do. And recently they brought in these big heavy ropes. All right. And this is hilarious. Because they got these big heavy ropes, and these guys will squat, and they'll go, and it's like they're on a chariot trying to get it to run, but apparently these ropes weigh a lot of weight, and you're trying to get swole. All right? I don't know. And what's amazing is, is that these people do this every single day. It's amazing. They want to look good. They want to make sure you know that they look good. So much so that the location that they go to spends probably thousands of dollars to install full-size mirrors from the floor to the ceiling in a whole section. And they look great. They look great. The only problem is, is I know some of the people that do that. I do. When I go up and jump on the treadmill, I can look back in the back 
And I know some of the people that are working out back there. I do. I know a lot of them, actually. And here's the thing that they would never want you to know. While the exterior may look fantastic, while they may have huge muscles and a six-pack abs, while they may be the boss there at the gym, their lives are a mess. And inside, inside, they're in turmoil and they're dying. And that's the reality of the situation. It's funny because if you were if you were to somehow be able to switch the in for the out, if you could take their inside and suddenly make it the outside, they would be very frail and very tired and very worn out. It's amazing because a lot of us do the same exact thing. We do. Listen, in the book of Colossians that we're going through, we're going through a series called Simple. And the series is about simplifying your faith. And when we read, can we have Colossians 2 up there, 17 through 19? When we read this, listen to this. Listen to what it says. This is an incredible verse. Listen to what he says to the people who are trying to be all that. It says, for these rules are only a shadow of the reality to come. And yet Christ himself is that reality. Go ahead. And it says this. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying that they've had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them, and I love this word that they use because it really does go back. It really does go back to that gym. Their sinful minds have made them proud. And they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with his joints and ligaments and it grows as God nourishes it. It says this. It says, hey, listen. I don't want you to be confused about this. I don't want you to look at certain people who appear from the outside to have everything together. I don't want you to look at them and listen to them because it's all a big fake There were five isms, I-S-M-S, five isms that they were dealing with in this church. And there's five isms that we deal with today. The first one was ritualism. Ritualism. What is ritualism? Well, it's almost, you know, a lot of Catholics do this. Basically, it's going through the motions. It's going through the motions. It's coming here, standing up, sitting down, standing up sitting down, and going through the motions of living a life that's following Christ. And the church in Colossians was going through the same thing. They had rituals that they... See, what they were trying to do is this. They were trying to take Jesus and say, okay, Jesus is good, 
but I want to take something in addition to Jesus to make it whole. Jesus, the story is good, the good news is good, but let's add something to it. And so what they did is they said, hey, listen, these people and those people and those people, they have all these different rituals. Let's add those to Christianity. And that's what the church was doing. It's what the church has done today as well. We've done the same exact thing. We've added rituals to it. Hey, listen, I'll never forget this as long as I live. At the church I, I, I went to, I'll never forget this. They had communion. It was an awesome communion. Very powerful. The pastor did an incredible job. Awesome communion. And when they took the top of the communion lid and placed it down on top of the bread, the cross, which was on the top, which was the handle, the cross was crooked. It was crooked. Can I tell you that people went nuts at the church because the cross was a little crooked? Because when he took the plate and put it back down, the cross wasn't exactly centered because that was being sacrilegious. That is ritual. That is ritualism. It's so amazing because you know what Jesus did when he came through? You know what he did when he came through the temple? He turned over tables and went crazy. He did. He got angry. People ripping people off right outside the right outside the Holy of Holies and people are ripping people off trying to make them be okay with the rituals that would go on. He turned over tables. The next one was this. We all know this one. Legalism. Legalism. Legalism is performing to win God's love and approval. It's performing to win God's love and approval. Legalism. Legalism says, hey, I want you to know that unless you do this and this and this and this, unless you do those four things, God's not going to love you. As a matter of fact, if you do this and this and you don't do this and this, then God's not going to love you. Let me tell you the problem with legalism. You know what the problem is with legalism? And we'll talk about this a little, little more a little later on. But you know what the problem is? The problem is, is that when people are legalistic in the church setting, on the outside, they look holy. Their externals make them look holy. They do. And what ends up happening is this. What ends up happening is that their walk with Jesus becomes a bunch of do's and a bunch of don'ts. That's what it becomes. It becomes a what instead of a who. Legalism. The next ism they were talking about is ascetism. Sorry, ascetism. Aesthetic. Obtaining, I mean, abstaining from things to gain God's love is what they would do. Here's what they would do. They would start fasting and they would go, I'm not going to do this and this and this and this. And they would walk through. This is crazy. They would, in Jesus' day, they would walk through, through the streets. And a lot of times they would make themselves look as if they were downtrodden. And they would make their face be down. And they would, make their, they would walk through letting everybody know, 
Woe is me. I'm giving up all this stuff for Jesus. Look how religious I am. Look how holy I am. Look at me. I'm giving all these things up. Look how awesome I am. That's what they would do. They would give up things in order to appear to be religious and to obtain God's love. The next one is Gnosticism. Not, you guys have heard there's a thing called the Gnostic Gospels. And the Gnostic Gospels are basically a bunch of people that said, hey, listen, we, we know better than what the Bible says. So we want to add to the Bible. All right. Gnosticism is this. It says this. It says, we have a higher knowledge of God than you currently understand. That's what it says. We have, a, we have a higher knowledge of God than you currently understand. And the next one goes with this one, and it's this, mysticism. Here's what was going on. The people were coming in, and they were saying, hey, listen, we know more than you truly understand. We heard the good news, but there's a lot more that you don't understand. And so here's what they did. They said, we are actually connecting with angels. These angels are speaking to us, and then here's what they said, and this is code word. And we have a word from God for you. I want, to, I want you to, if you don't hear anything else in this message, I want you to hear this. If anyone ever comes up to you and says, hey, I have a word of God for you. This is from God and it's for you. You need to run like the wind. You need to run like the wind. You know why? Can I tell you why you need to run like the wind? Because God can communicate with you whatever he needs to communicate with you. He doesn't need another person. He doesn't need another person at your church. He doesn't need another person at your work. Listen, God can communicate with you just like he can communicate with anyone else. And so if there's a word from God that you need to get, if you are connected in with who Jesus is, I will assure you of one thing. He will speak it to you. You don't have to hear it from someone else. But what was going on is these people, these people were getting all confused. They were getting bombarded and they were getting all confused. They had all these things going on and people were going, oh, I've got a word from God. Oh, listen, you've got to do this and this and this. And they started adding rule after rule after rule after rule. And the people that were in this church were getting very confused. But I want to tell you something. They found out a lot of things that I found out. And the first one is this. No one can live under the weight of their own legalism. I want you to read that again. No one can live under the weight of their own legalism. Listen, everyone has a great plan. Everyone has a great plan. Everyone can make a plan. They want to do better. Then they set up a system. That's what happens. They want to do better. They make a plan and they set up a system. And can I tell you that churches have done this a lot? Churches have done this a lot. I'll never forget this as long as I live. I have a friend of mine who went to a very legalistic church, okay? Now, I went to a very legalistic church, but he went to a very legalistic church. It was a church of do's and don'ts. And if, if you do this, then this will happen, okay? Both positive and negative. If you do this, this will happen. So let me tell you what happens. So he decides as a teenager, I'm going to save myself for marriage. All right, now let me say something. So that's an incredible, it's a godly principle. It's a godly principle. But I want to tell you something. That is the only thing that the youth pastor taught. 
Save yourself for marriage. Save yourself for marriage. Save yourself for marriage. And guess what? He did. He did. He saved himself for marriage. He equated him saving himself for marriage. He equated that with his own holiness. If he saves himself for marriage, then he's holy. If he doesn't, then he's not. But if he does, then he is. And that's what he did. He saved himself for marriage. Which is a great thing. But he got married. At the age of 23, he got married. And everything, see, what what he had been told is this. If you save yourself for marriage, then you will find someone that's going to be like-minded like you. Okay? I'm with you. They'll be, you'll be like-minded, and you will set yourself up, and God will bless your marriage, and you will set yourself up, and you will go all throughout your life having a Christ-centered marriage. Now, it sounds kind of good, doesn't it? And if your heart's right, and if you're not looking at it as an end-all of end-alls, then you would think, well, that's, that's true. Well, here's the problem. A month after he got married, his wife left him. She left him. 23 years he saved himself for marriage and his wife left him after a month. But she didn't want to come back. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't, want to, he didn't do anything wrong. Nothing. Nothing. So there he is, 23, newly married, newly divorced. So this huge house of cards that had been set up by this legalistic church with all these do's and don'ts, it had been set up to here. And whenever his wife left him, it all crumbled. And you know what he said to me? He said, that stuff I was taught when I was younger wasn't true. Jesus doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about me. See, the Jesus that he was following was not really God. It was, it, it was the person of do's and don'ts and rules and regulations, and there was never a mention of relationship. Never a mention of relationship. Never. Can I tell you that in most churches today, maybe even in this one, that if Jesus walked in, he probably wouldn't be welcome? Can I tell you that? He probably wouldn't even be welcome. Most churches today, he wouldn't even be dressed right. I mean, let's be honest. He probably wouldn't even be welcome. He wouldn't. When we set up, when we set up a system that is only built around do's and don'ts and has nothing to do with relationship, that system is bound to fail. No one can live under their own legalism. I'll never forget, there was a guy who was our Sunday school director in the church I grew up in. And like I said, the church was very legalistic. A Sunday school director, he, he sent out a, a, a quiz, all right? And I mean, I was with it. I wanted to be in church every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday night. It didn't matter. This church was a sit, stand up, sit down, him singing, you know, platinum hair wearing, tie wearing church, all right? And I wanted to be there. I was all in. And he said this. He said, there are five steps to salvation. You name them and, you know, you get a Christian CD. That's what he said. I think it was a cassette tape back then, to be honest with you. So that's what I did, man. I was stoked. I was super stoked. I was like, 
I'm going to get this right. And so I went and started looking in the scriptures. Can I tell you what I found? I didn't find anywhere where there's any steps. I, I found one step. Follow me. And so I said, okay, well, that's one. Follow Jesus. Okay. So I went to him. And I said, hey, man. I said, I don't see any steps. I missed it. Well, yeah, yeah, they're in there. You need to look harder. I said, look, man, I really want this, this cassette tape, all right? I'm kind of broke and, you know. I think it was a Gaithers after I did all this work. and It was the Gaithers. Anyway, if you like the Gaithers, I'll pray for you. Um, but I realized, and he said, oh, no, here are the steps, okay? And he went through this long list of five things. And I was like, where is that at in the Bible? And he said, well, this is our, this is our, our, uh, our traditional belief, is what he told me. You know what he was saying? He was saying, look, it's not really in there all the way. It's not. There's little pieces and little bits here and there. But the truth is, is I can't live under the weight of my own legalism. And so I don't know. I, you know what he's really saying? This is all I've ever been told. And so this is just what I'm going to say. That's what he was saying. It wasn't in there. Very few of us can live under the weight of our own legalism. The do's and the don'ts oftentimes override the relationship. Think about it just for a second. Let me ask you a question. For those that are married in here, let's say this. Let's say you decided that you, that you, you know, you're, you and your husband, you guys got married, okay? And your husband sat down and he said this. He said, hey, listen. He said, if you will do this, 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 and this, and if you don't do this, 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 and this, then we're going to have a great relationship. How many of you guys know that when someone tells you not to do something, the first thing you want to do is go and do it? Am I the only one like that? Am I the only rebel in the crowd here? Am I, am I it? I mean, listen, whenever I walk upon, this is so hard, but whenever I walk up on a sign and it says, do not walk on the grass, One person in our relationship would only get on the sidewalk. The other person in this marriage would go, and? And then walk off and went, I walked on the grass. Why is it that we do that? Hey, listen, you and I both know that your relationship would be worthless if all it was was do's and don'ts. It's the same exact concept with your relationship with God. I've already mentioned this, but I want to tell you this too. Our external actions do not always reflect the truth. Our external actions do not always reflect the truth. Our external actions, they don't always reflect the truth. I told you this earlier, but I'll tell you again. Have you ever noticed how in a church setting, I, I had a guy at my last church, he said this, he said, well, I tell you what, he said, me and my wife, we get up every morning at 5 a.m. 
and we read five devotionals together for about two hours. And I didn't say it, but all I wanted to say is, is, well, man, you should start listening to it and doing it. He found his acceptance. He was no different than the guy at the gym looking in the mirror going, oh, man, look at me. I'm so powerful. Look at me. I'm so awesome, man. I'm pumping this iron. I'm so strong. And he was sitting there with his wife in the morning doing those devotionals going, look at me, man. I'm so strong. Two hours every morning, that's what I do. Two hours. Can I tell you guys something? Had he never told me that, I would have believed more that they were having an effect on his heart. But because he felt the need to tell me, I realized that all he's doing is going through the motions. It's a heart thing. The external, the external oftentimes does not line up with the truth. Can I tell you guys something? And I don't want to be controversial, but I'll tell you this. You can be sitting at a bar, at the bar, Two guys order a Bud Light. They bring the Bud Light. One guy can be sinning and the other guy not. Do you guys know that? One guy can be sinning and the other guy not. Why? Because that one guy may have a problem with alcoholism. And it may have been in his family for years. And he may have been at three other bars before that one. And you would walk by, and religious types would walk by, and they would say, oh, look at those guys sitting there at that bar. And the one guy, the one guy, is not sinning. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. Listen, you can't trust the external to always reflect the truth of the matter. And that's the same thing that they were saying here at this church. Paul was saying this. Paul was saying, listen, don't get pulled in by these people that have this look and this air of being holy. Don't get called in. Don't get pulled in by all these things. Do you know what the Bible tells us to look at for people's holiness? Do you know what it tells us? Not how much they read the scriptures. Not how much they, they pray, not how well they speak, not how well they play guitar, not any of that. You know what it says? It says, look at the fruit of their life. Look around. Look around. Look at the fruit of their life. I've told you this before, but I'll tell you again, and this is the final point, is that true change begins with surrender. If we go on reading in Colossians and round out the chapter, it says you have died with Christ and he has set you free from spiritual powers of this world. And I love this part. It says you've died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. All the do's and don'ts. It says this. So why do you keep on following the rules of this world such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. Such rules are merely human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. And it says this, these rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion. Remember, it may seem wise, man. They're over there pumping iron. Strong devotion, pious self-denial, severe bodily discipline. 
but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. No help. No help. True change begins with surrender. True change begins with surrender. I've told you this before, and I'll wrap up with this, but I'll tell you this. A lot of us, what we do is, is we decide we want to make a change in our life. And so when we decide we want to make a change in our life, especially if it's on a spiritual nature, but let me tell you something, God cares about every area of your life. When we decide we want to make a change in our life, what usually happens is that we sit down and we make a list of these things. Okay, I want to make a change, and so I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to do this and that. And, and then this is not going to happen, and that's not going to happen. And we make this list, and we say, Lord, I want to commit to this. I want you to bless this. I, this is what I want to do. And it sounds great. It does. But it's never going to work. And I'll tell you why. Not long term. You know why? Because you've never surrendered. You see, the better plan would be this. The better plan would be this. God, I want to surrender to you. I want to open myself up and surrender to your will. I want to open myself up and surrender to whatever, whatever you would have me do. And so God, because I stand in the presence as surrendered, not something I can do. I'm not going to make a list of all the things that I'm not going to do and I'm not going to say and I'm not doing any of that stuff anymore. God, because I've surrendered to you, because I've surrendered to your will, because I'm opened up to that, then, God, then, after I've surrendered, I'm going to turn over all of these areas of my life that have been bothering me, all these things that I've struggled with. I'm going to turn those things over, God, because here's the thing. I don't have the power to change. If I did, I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in in the first place. But God, with you and me, we can do it. With you and me, with you leading and me following, we can do it. You don't have to live in legalism. You don't have to live your life with religion. You don't have to live that way. You can live in relationship. You can live in relationship. That's what God's called you to. That's what he's called you to. He hasn't called you to live in a list of do's and don'ts. All he's called you to do is what I found whenever I looked. And that is to follow. Let's pray. God, we, um, we are people that um, mess up a whole lot. We are people that we, we, we try, and honestly, God, a lot of times it's with the best intentions. It's with the best intentions because we are people that want to be independent and we want to be, you know, our own self and we want to see ourselves in certain ways. So, God, we do things. We set up these big rules and regulations and, God, none of it is with the right heart. None of it is surrendered. None of it is yielded to you. All it is, is us going through the motions and jumping through hoops. God, don't let us be people like that. Let us be people that are surrendered to you. 
Let us be people that love you enough to surrender to you. God, we can't live under the weight of our own legalism. We can't live under the weight of do's and of don'ts. But God, I'll tell you, we know, we know that if we will surrender to you, all the things, all the things that you convict us of, all the things that you bring to our, our minds can be accomplished, but only through you. And so God, don't let us be like the guy at the gym trying so diligently to have some kind of self-worth through outward appearance and for that to be his only connection with others. Let us be someone that lives a life that's real and that's long-standing, God. That's who we want to be. God, the truth is, just like at the bar, there's nothing, there's two people, two people are in the back of a gymnasium working out. And one of them is probably in sin and the other one is not. The externals don't matter. It's what's inside that counts. God, let us never forget that. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you'd like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and you'll find our contact information under the contact tab. We would like to have you join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at East Coweta High in Sharpsburg. Until next time, God bless you and take care.